Brian Barnett is just a regular guy. He's not a doctor. He has no legal license in any field of mental or emotional health. Brian Barnett merely shares the insights he's gained from his personal experiences for anybody who may choose to use such information as he or she personally chooses, while accepting full responsibility for his or her own individual thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and actions. Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself to any information that Brian Barnett shares, and by listening to this program, you're acknowledging that you, and only you, are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and actions. One summer, my ex-wife Diane and I were visiting my family back home in Appalachia. Diana was from Philadelphia. She was a city girl. And in fact, I had moved to the city for her. Our home was in Philadelphia. But we would frequently travel back to Appalachia several times each year to visit family and stuff like that. When I was a kid, my mom would get on these dieting or exercise kicks. And I can't tell you how difficult it is to do typical exercise routines when you live in the middle of the wilderness. It's a lot more complicated than you think. You see commercials on TV of women power walking around their neighborhoods in stretchy pants and stuff like that. Dumbbells in hands, uh, looking all stylish with their headphones on, chugging along like choo-choo trains to Bon Jovi or who knows what music. In these commercials, or when you see this on TV, you know what I'm talking about. They're all zoned in and focused on their exercise. Well, you just can't come anything close to that when you live in the woods. There are no sidewalks walking with. Your ears plugged up and blasting audiobooks or music would be suicide. We country folk don't drive those back roads all tender and careful like we go ripping through those hills and hollers like dukes of hazard and that's just the truth in fact i remember my ex-wife complaining about me driving like this whenever i'd go back home and i'd tell her honey i've driven these roads 19 trillion times and there's nobody else on the road and if there were they'd be driving the same way everybody out here drives these roads that way it's not just me so like I say we're talking about roads here where a single truck or a single vehicle comes along about every 20 or 30 minutes that's that's the reality how that is we're not talking about back streets in some suburb where you have 10 cars a minute drive through anyway I I remember my mom getting on these exercise kicks and power walking up and down our dirt road a couple miles each way and I always felt a little sorry for her because our living conditions just weren't really made for that I mean thinking back to these girls in the commercials who are power walking through their neighborhoods with their tights on and stuff 
How many biting horseflies and snakes and other critters do you think those girls are having to contend with? If you'll remember, it's not just my mom who would get on those exercise kicks and out there and, and do things like that. I, I myself did it once, and I've told you about it. It's the time that uh, my dog, Bank, saved my life from that murderous monster of a black dog that broke free from its chain and was about to kill me. That was up the road outside crazy old man Andy's shack. Well, back to my ex-wife Diana, who's a city girl. We're back in Appalachia, visiting the family one summer, and we all decide to take one of these walks up the old dirt back roads. It was right about dusk, so the, the sun had probably already set, it was getting dark, sunlight was fading. And we got about a half a mile away from the house when we saw something on the road up ahead of us. Some kind of varmint or critter. And Diana's looking ahead. She's trying to figure out what it is. And I'm looking ahead. I'm trying to figure out what it is. And then I realized that it's a possum. Yeah, a possum. Diana got so excited over that possum. And I distinctly remember her saying that the only possums she had ever seen were roadkill. She had only ever seen him squashed on the, on the road. She had never in her life seen a live possum. So I said, well, come on, let's get a closer look. And she said, really, we can do that? Aren't they dangerous? And I said, well, we're not going to be trying to tickle its belly or anything like that but we're going to get close come on and so i took her by the hand and we run up on that possum and we got right up close to it and do you know what happened when we did it dropped dead right in its tracks just fell over dead now this is exactly what i knew the possum was going to do and probably what a lot of you suspected that the possum was going to do but for Diana to see that happen in real life, she was absolutely delighted. It lit her up like a Christmas tree. Of course, we're not talking about the possum literally dying, but rather pretending to die very, very convincingly. Just suddenly dropped over, tongue hanging out and everything. Diana said, I can't believe they really do that. They really do it exactly like you see it in cartoons. That's almost verbatim what she said and how she said it. Like I said, she was absolutely delighted. And I wish I could show you the delight on her face. I wish I had a picture of that. But it's something that's preserved only in my memory. I nudged the possum with my boot to show her how convincingly dead the possum could act and then I said watch this and I took her we backed up a ways we gave the possum some space and time and sure enough once the possum felt safe he right back up on his feet and on his way like nothing had ever happened and this of course sent Diana into a this fresh new wave of joy and delight and wonder all over again happy thursday 
everybody. I'm Brian Barnett with The Last Symptom. I'm so happy you decided to join me this week. There's nothing like a shared experience, is there? Even though a lot of time has passed since Diana and I were together, these shared experiences and memories continue to be real treasures. Consider, for example, that she's also out there somewhere, remembering every now and again that experience with the possum. The first time in her entire life she ever saw a live possum, and I was there. How it dropped over dead, and how I was there. How thrilling that was for her, and of course, who she was with, and the circumstances surrounding those moments. There will never be a repeat of that. It's something she shares only with me. So, of course, it's something that I remember and think back to often as well, and it's something special that will belong to only the two of us for as long as we're both alive. In David Miller's book, AWOL, A-W-O-L, on the Appalachian Trail, he says, Experience is enriched by reliving it, contemplating it, and trying to describe it to another person. So, there you go. You've all just helped me enrich an already very rich and treasured experience. Today on my calendar, I got a reminder that popped up. It says J-Day. Can you figure what that might refer to? When I go into the reminder, it says this. Today, I made a decisive effort to begin the process of breaking up with Janelle. Janelle was my dear friend and lover that I have talked about several times in the past. So, it was today, exactly 11 years ago, that I myself set in motion events in a way that would ultimately bring about the most excruciatingly painful experiences in my life immeasurable stress my big life-changing borderline personality disorder crisis the collapse of my marriage my life most of my friendships a long period of gloom and depression and then ultimately the path to authentic recovery genuine contentment and this work called the last symptom which has been helping other folks get through similar things for the past several years a quote from the movie little big man 1970 starring dustin hoffman describes the painful times pretty well i think sometimes the grass don't grow the wind don't blow and the sky ain't blue that describes very well exactly how it feels, but only how it feels. Well, I'm thinking today of both Diana, 
and she wouldn't be too happy to know it but also Janelle and I hope that they are both out there living well that they're both happy and healthy and that life is treating them right I think about both of them often and Diana would be happy to know that I don't often think of them at the same time often <laughs> but I think of them at different moments each independently and I really appreciate all that they did for me individually and I really value the time that I got to spend with each one of them I miss them dearly both um, I, I, I'm very fortunate that that our paths crossed and that I had some time with both of them today's main topic is whether or not you should pack up the kids and leave your partner but before we get into that discussion let me mention www.thelastsymptom.com my website of resources there are many more free resources there than paid resources but if you're interested in the paid resources they're one-on-one phone and zoom video calls with me as well as the last symptom fundamentals course which is a two-week intensive pre-recorded online course that is superior to things like dbt to discuss this topic of whether or not to get your kids out of their current environment by leaving your partner rather than me telling you what decisions you should make for your own personal life I figured I would just share with you the conclusions that I've arrived at about my own situation growing up and what my mother could have done differently and probably should have done differently and what sorts of things would have made it all better or worse first of all let me say that as a child I would not have wanted my parents to divorce or separate uh, thinking back to that situation my just my feelings and perspectives at the time I, I would not have wanted that at that age and from that perspective that I lived with at that time in my life I would not have wanted something like that in fact it would have felt pretty traumatizing at that age to be honest I'm not saying it wouldn't have been best for me only that I wouldn't have liked the way it made me feel I think that for most children when a separation or a divorce occurs this is naturally an extremely sad experience for them it really shatters the sense of security or stability that uh, they might feel that they're living with the family unit is pretty much their their whole universe or at least their most important universe and to break that up is enough to make them question everything else that they have felt secure in until now I would also say that just because separation or divorce can be traumatizing for children that this is not a good enough reason to never consider it or follow through on it to say it another way the fact that it's going to be a hard experience for the children is not enough reason in and of itself to say well then that options completely off the table what should be the greatest factor for anybody considering a thing like separation or divorce when children are involved 
the greatest consideration needs to be this. What is the very best decision for my own long-term personal, emotional, or physical, or mental health? And what is the very best decision for my children's best long-term physical, emotional, mental, and I'll throw in spiritual health there? So remember that I said that if my mother had left my dad and had taken us, her children, with her, that that would have that in itself would have been really hard on me. But what was life already like for me? Well, it wasn't roses and unicorns. In fact, life was so bad and so abusive that my parents all on their own had caused all of us children, me and my siblings, to have incredibly destructive emotional disorders. Myself ending up with borderline personality disorder specifically. Think about what that meant. It meant that you know the 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 fact that I had borderline personality disorder, I was walled off inside myself and I couldn't share emotional intimacy with anybody. I couldn't trust my parents to share even the most innocent of my real worries or fears or anything like that. It meant I was left trying to figure out life for myself. It meant I unknowingly loathed and hated myself deep down and perceived myself as unlovable. Not just as unloved but as literally incapable of being loved and if you don't understand how sad and destructive that is how that can only lead to a lifetime of pain and angst you, you need to think about it I viewed myself as somehow inherently defective so that I couldn't even imagine God, God, the most powerful being in all of reality, as looking at me and seeing anything redeemable there. Do you know what happens when you you think you're totally irredeemable and unlovable? Uh, there's, there's nothing that you can do to compensate for that. So eventually a person just gives up and it says, well, if I'm a if if I'm just uh, a defective mistake, then that's how that's how I'm going to live. Because you get tired of it's a, it's a lost cause to try to compensate for something you can't compensate for. So these were the realities that I was already living with. The question is, <clears throat> had my mother taken me out of that environment? Would this have offered some sort of improvement to my situation? Or would it have simply added more trauma to an already terrible situation? Remember, breaking up the family and taking me away from my dad would <clears throat> have been really painful for me. Even if it was ultimately best for me, it would have been a really painful experience that would have taken some time to come to terms with and would probably always affect me deeply throughout my life.
can't emphasize enough how comforting it is for unhealthy people to stay in their painful unhealthy environments no matter how painful stressful traumatizing and unhealthy those environments are unhealthy people still find comfort in the familiarity of them it's really messed up but it's true this is what I'm talking about when I say that it it would have been really painful for me for my parents to separate or divorce even though life at home was this environment of selfishness and meanness and hatefulness and violence uh, it still offered me sick comfort and security so back to the question had my mother taken me out of that environment would this have offered some sort of improvement to my situation or would it have simply added more trauma to an already terrible situation well if you can imagine in the time since I authentically recovered from borderline personality disorder I I have given this a lot of thought I'm able to look back and now impartially analyze the situation to push that little kids feelings aside and my current feelings aside and look at the thing emotionally honestly and impartially what would have been the very best thing and here's the conclusion I've come to given the particulars of my own home life and the simple realities of my my mother and father who they are how they are what they have done or have not done in the years since I can see no benefit whatsoever back then and my mother taking me and my brother and sister and leaving my father here's the reason why my father wasn't the problem he's an easy target but he's not the problem he was never the problem the problem was both of my parents as two dysfunctional and unhealthy individuals that was the problem that being the case my mom taking me away from my dad doesn't fix anything at all does it it doesn't it doesn't even come anywhere close to addressing the problem so let's imagine that my mom gets fed up one day and so she takes me and my brother and sister and leaves my father does my mother magically become emotionally healthy just because she's not with her emotionally unhealthy partner no she's still herself she's still her unhealthy codependent self with all the same sick perspectives and underlying unhealthy understandings about life that allowed her to get into and stay in that relationship for as long as she did in the first place so what's this mean it means that she would take us from one unhealthy situation right into another and of course surely she's going to meet somebody else 
given time which is going to be another painful event in my life because well it's just painful you know to see your mother with a a guy who's not your dad and what sort of man is she going to end up with who who by the way is going to have to become like this stepfather figure in my life is she going to meet up with meet up and get with somebody emotionally healthy and good of course not of course not because no emotionally healthy and good man is is going to get into a committed relationship with an emotionally unhealthy woman if he were healthy he wouldn't do that if he were healthy doing something like that by definition is unhealthy he wouldn't do it so now I've been taken from one unhealthy painful emotionally abusive situation and led straight into another one only now life is even more complex than it's ever been before as a child I'm now juggling all these complicated and painful relationships in my life that I have no control over, can't choose, got no power in them, totally outside of my control. Two unhealthy, abusive parents, and now they're emotionally unhealthy boyfriends and girlfriends who are effectively carbon copies of my own mom and dad. Now instead of just dealing with two unhealthy parental figures, Now I've got to deal with four? Are you kidding me? What I'm saying, which I hope you can already see for yourself, is that the only type of woman my dad would even be possible of ending up with after my mom is some other woman who is a carbon copy of codependence, enabling, neediness, weakness, and the only type of man my mom can possibly end up with is another guy who is a carbon copy of my dad in terms of controlling, abuse, uncontrollable temper, and so forth. How do we know that these are the only type of partners they could possibly end up with? We know it because these types of partners are what allow them to live with their unhealthy perspectives and thinking unchallenged. That is to say, only these types of partners feel comfortable and right to them. So has my or my sibling's situation improved at all in a scenario such as this? Not even a teeny tiny bit. In fact, Our lives and the disorder and pain in our lives has only grown and gotten even more complex. This is why I'm saying that looking back, given the realities of my mother and the way that that played out with her staying with my father, is probably the lesser of two evils when talking about given the the realities of who she is and everything if she should have left or not you know given the established realities which decision was the lesser of the two evils they were both terrible 
possibilities, but you know, at least the one she chose was probably the lesser of the two evils. Now, this is very important for the overall message of this show. What I'm not saying is that my mom did the right thing. I'm not saying that my mother should not have gotten us, her children, out of that situation or that she made the right decision or that she did the right things. The fact of the matter is she should have left my father and she should have gotten us out of that environment. But here's the most important detail. And the entire show today revolves around this detail. So give it, uh, you know, utmost importance. My mother's first priority should have been analyzing herself in a genuine way, identifying what unhealthy aspects of her perspectives and thinking were contributing to that entire situation. And then she should have devoted herself tirelessly to getting herself emotionally healthy by addressing those things at the very foundation. But did she do that? No, she didn't do that. She she looked at my father. She said, he's the problem. He's the one that's abusive. While never taking time to stop and say, yeah, but he, but I allow him to be that way. I'm the one that supports this whole mentality and this whole lifestyle for him. She never She never stopped to analyze herself. If she had... If she had done the things I just described, then yes, leaving would have offered a tremendous improvement to me and my sibling's situation and long-term emotional health. You see, just leaving my father does nothing just on its own. Remember, he's not the problem. He alone and his abuse is not the problem. The problem is, she married him. She stayed with him. She supported him. She enabled him. She's codependent. She needs what he gives her, even though it's abusive and terrible and all these things. Leaving my father does nothing just on its own. Looking at the situation, the family situation, and thinking that my mom leaving my dad is in itself some sort of solution is it borders on insanity the only way leaving offers any sort of improvement whatsoever is if my mom does it totally committed to figuring out what is unhealthy about herself and then devoting her full energy and attention to fixing it now what does leaving mean given these new conditions her doing her leaving with this commitment in place what does that mean it means her kids get to leave a poisonous environment and go live in a healthy one now if my mom meets somebody down the line what sort of man is she going to be attracted to and what sort of man is going to be attracted to her not more unhealthy men 
No, only other healthy people. Other healthy people will recognize she's healthy and say, now oh, this feels comfortable. What sort of attitudes and perspectives and thinking are her children going to be exposed to most of the time now, given these new conditions? Well, healthy attitudes and perspectives and thinking. What sort of example do her kids now have in their lives to reflect on and imitate? Somebody who is emotionally honest and willing to analyze herself and do whatever's necessary to get and stay healthy. That's the example that her kids now have to look, look at. What else do her kids see? Massive demonstrations of genuine love in their behalf. In summary, this is the conclusion that I reached when honestly looking back on my own situation and what my mother should have done if she wasn't willing to honestly examine herself identify what about she herself was not healthy and then devote herself whole souled to fixing those things then there was simply no reason for her to leave my dad but remember my dad was never the problem the problem was that both of my parents were unhealthy it's the only reason they were ever together at all so the fact that she didn't leave is no credit to her nor would leaving have been a credit to her given the current realities the only way leaving would have made sense is if she did so already committed to what I've already mentioned and she actually followed through with it so I'm not talking about oh I need to fix myself leaves my dad and doesn't do the work that's what a person would do when they say well the relationship was the problem Yeah, the, that's it the relationship that abuse that abuse in that relationship was the problem no no go soak your head any of you who are in similar situations and you go oh the relationship's probably if I get out of this relationship and go find a better you're not going to find a better relationship because the problem is never the relationship the problem is never the relationship the problem is you and the other person but primarily you because the fact that you are unhealthy that's the type of people you're going to draw to you that's the type of people you're going to feel comfortable with so it's never the relationship anybody who thinks that they're going to get out of a relationship and go find a better one and, and that the relationship was the problem and the next one will fix it next one's going to be better it's going to be the whole answer for everything you are so delusional <laughs> you're the problem fix you it's what she should have done but didn't do doesn't mean she's irredeemable or anything like that it only means that she ultimately was not a very good mom she had the capacity to do better and she had the inherent responsibility to to do better 
but she just didn't. How one feels about being a mom and how a mother feels about her kids are not what determine a mother's qualities as a mother. I, I hope many people can be emotionally honest enough to recognize that that's true. Our feelings are not what determine the quality of our mothering or our fathering or of doctoring or of carpentering. What determines these things is the quality of the job we do, not how we feel about the job. Also, calling a duck a duck is not judgmental or harsh. There's no inherent judgment involved with it at all, but it does demonstrate an ability to resist denial. Remember, only by looking things right in the face and being able to see it for what it really is, rather than how we feel about it or how we wish it were or how we wish it weren't, we can truly understand life and tackle it healthily, but only if we can look it in the face and see it for what it really is. I'm saying it's not always going to be pleasant, but at least it's going to be healthy. That's the show, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you.